Welcome to C3 Church Tugra. You're about to hear a message from our senior pastor, Julie Oldfield. Get ready to be inspired to live your best life. church over the years has done a lot of explaining about who God is. I mean, you know yourself, especially in this day and age, you know, you, you go to talk to someone about God and then there's all these almost, you know, argument or debate or, and we're just spending all our time explaining about God. But I think what is happening right now is we're coming into a place in the spirit realm, where we're not going to have to explain about God anymore because he's going to explain himself. And he's looking for a people that will take a hold of him in such a way that he would be able to live inside of us, that he would be able to come and he would be able to display his acts, his nature, and his glory through us. He's looking for a people that are not wanting to no no longer just explain or have debates or have arguments. He's looking for a people who will shout it from the rooftops that God is good, that, that will display it in their eyes, that will have it in the very essence of their being, the goodness of God, that when people are around them, they, they, they would just know. And the acts of God will follow. The nature of God will be displayed and the glory of God will manifest. You know, the word of God says that in the last days, the glory of God will cover the earth as the waters cover the sea. You know, and we just think about the glory of God being a big cloud and, you know, everybody's just going to be going about their normal lives and all of a sudden this big cloud will descend and everybody will go, oh, God is here. But that's not how it works. How the glory of God covers the earth is in us. It's in us. See, Jesus gave us a commission. He said, go, go into all the world and preach the gospel. So you've seen me do, you go do. And greater work shall you do than I have done. Now go. It was the glory of God in Jesus as he walked the earth that drew people to himself, that that manifested in miracles, that met the needs of people, that that made the most unlovable people suddenly feel loved and alive. It was the eyes of Jesus that looked into souls and found human beings that were locked and trapped inside of oppression and called out demons and delivered them from oppression and revealed the true nature of the person within who was trapped and oppressed. It was him who came with compassion and looked into the eyes of prostitutes and lifted the chins of prostitutes and told them, this is not who you are. This is not who I made you to be. Rise up. You are forgiven. Sin no more. Walk out of here as who you're supposed to be. This was the Jesus that walked the earth. This is the one who gave us a commission. Go into all the world. Go into all the world. He didn't want us to go into all the world and argue with it. He didn't want us to go into all the world and try and convince it. 
He wants us to go into all the world and be him. To be him, to be like him. To be him. There's so much stuff going on right now in our world, around our lives. There's just stuff that's going on in this world here. Right here. That's hard enough for me to handle. I don't know about you. And then there's world stuff going on in my immediate life, in my immediate family, in my immediate world. That's fairly difficult to handle. There's change. There's change in me. There's change around me, in my family, in my circumstances. For one minute I was a mother, now I'm a grandmother. You know, things are changing around my life. And then in the outer world around me, things are changing as well. Now, if I stay the same in the midst of a whirlwind of change around me, I'll get swallowed up in the eye of that whirlwind. I'll just become a part of that whirlwind and I will lose my sense of self. Unless I'm willing to change in the midst of change. And that's what I want to talk to you about this morning. Do you need an upgrade? Is it time for an upgrade? We have so many things in our lives this day and age that we upgrade. I mean, really, in my day, Charlie said to me the other day, Nanny, were you born in the olden days? I was waiting for that to come sooner or later. Yes, I definitely was born in the olden days, Charlie. I mean, in my day, I know this is really hard to believe, but we had a radio, not a television. Yeah. In my mother's day, there was no electricity. She had candles. I mean, how far have we come? How far has this change brought us? Amen? In our day, if you got something like a black and white TV set that was this big and no one else in the street had it, that was yours for life. And that was, no matter what happened, that thing's going to work. And if something went wrong with it, you fix it yourself. And, you know, or Uncle Jack came and fixed it because... There was no chance for upgrade. You just had to hang on to stuff. You just had to hang on tight. I mean, you know, I remember when I had, I had three, three kids, two in nappies, girls. I lived it. Three kids, under three, two in nappies, praise God. And my washing machine broke down. Now, that's a good day, not. Especially in the day when we didn't use disposals. We used cloth nappies, and I was breastfeeding, so it's diarrhea every day. And I had eczema. My fingers were cracking open, bleeding with eczema. And so Phil used to put the nappies on the line, he'd hose all the poo off, and then, <laughs> it's disgusting. Anyway, thank God for disposables. God help us. Anyway, my machine broke down. So, you know, you don't upgrade we didn't have the finances to upgrade. We didn't have the mentality to upgrade. So Phil said, I saw this washing machine on the side of the road. I'm getting that washing machine for you, Julie, and I'm going to make it brand new. So he brings this washing machine home. There it is on my backyard, and he begins to work out how it works. Well, to work out how it works, you've got to completely dismantle the thing. And there it sat on my backyard for three months dismantled, and every day he would go there and just look at it. 
Meanwhile, my fingers are bleeding. There's more nappies piling up. I'm going mental. He's like, I'm going to work this out, Jules. I'm going to work it out. I'm going to work it out. Anyway, he did eventually work it out. And that washing machine lasted another 13 years. <laughs> because they were, they were built to last. Now you get a washing machine and someone comes around and fix it after you've had it you know, five years, and they go, oh, no, this has had it. You need a new one. Well, I'm only out of five years. No, you need an upgrade. So it's hard for us to think in our Christian lives that this old washing machine just ain't going to work anymore in this new season of my life. That, that actually, I've tried to fix it, it's laid all over the backyard in pieces and I've thought about it a lot. But I can't fix it. I actually need a new washing machine. I actually need an upgrade. I actually need to go to the master creator and get him to impart some of that new life that I signed up for when I became a born-again Christian. I need an upgrade. What about you? I'm preaching from a laptop, I've upgraded. <laughs> and when you see the size of the print, you're going to laugh your head off. <laughs> I can see it! Yay! I'm telling you now, in a world that's consumed with heartache, sin, pain, and bad news, we need to be a people that are consumed with a God who has the answer. Not just for them, but for us. We need to actually live as if we have this brand new life inside of us. We actually have to, we need to live like we have the keys of the kingdom. We need to live like we know a God who solves problems. We need to live as if we are the head and not the tail, that we are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. We need to live like we are the church. We need an upgrade, guys. We need an upgrade. Christians offer the greatest news, the good news who God really is and the story of redemption. Have you ever thought about your own story? Lately, this is in the midst of my upgrade. I'm going through an upgrade, everybody. Here I go. In the midst of my upgrade right now, God seems to be taking me on a journey from, from where it began to now and showing me showing me his beauty and how faithful he's been and I've been talking to Gemma my youngest because she's asked me questions about you know what it used to be like mom and what did you go through and you know trying to understand where I've come from where I am now and as I'm talking about it, I'm going my, my God it's like that person doesn't even exist anymore it's it's like those things don't exist anymore because I've been upgraded so many times. I've been upgraded so many times that behold, the old has passed away and the new has come. And she said to me, Mom, how did you live through what you lived through? Like, I don't get it. 
how can you stand as you are today, like so pure and so beautiful and so godly and such a beautiful woman of God? If people understood, if people knew even just a glimpse, you've never even told people a glimpse of what you lived through in your life. How, how can you be like you are now? And I said, there's just one, there's only one thing I can say with tears in my eyes, Gemma, is my best friend is Jesus. He's my best friend. He's the one. When I place my life in the hands of the master, he upgrades my life continuously and makes me more like the original design. I mean, oh. This is the question the Holy Spirit asked me and asked you this morning. Do you really know what you have? Do you really know what you have inside of you? Do you know, really know the gift you have been given? Or do you just go to church and do the stuff? And when you talk to other people, you don't talk about that part of your life because that's the part where you go to church and that's the part where they don't. So we'll just talk about the weather. But do you really know what you have? Do you really know? the price that's been paid do you really understand the love you have been given do you really get the fact that he's walked with you every day of your life since before you were formed in your mother's womb with a perfect plan for your life and he is watching over you to perform his word he's watching over every day of your life he knows exactly what he's doing there is nothing outside of his plan for your life everything in your life as i said last week good bad ugly it's all forming who you are and who you will be and what you will do in his kingdom it's like you're being peeled layers and layers like an onion but on the inside there is a developing of the individual unique nature of God that is going to manifest in you in this earth and it can only come through life it can only come through living it can only come through continuously being upgraded at each point of your life at each season of your life at each turning point but for there to be an upgrade in your life for there to be an upgrade in your calling for there to be an upgrade in your influence there first and foremost needs to be an upgrade in your knowledge of the nature of God for that season. Who is God telling you that he is right now? Because if God's speaking to you right now about a, a part of his nature, part of his self, about part of his character, part of his being that he's revealing to you right now, you're about to have an upgrade. And if he's not, you need to get in his presence because nothing stands still in the kingdom of God. If there is no change in you, you'll get swallowed up in the change that's happening around you and you'll become ineffective You'll not be able to function and you'll just become another statistic. In the kingdom of darkness has taken out another warrior in the kingdom of God. You know,
know, this is a war we're in. We're in a war. But the war isn't so much over good and evil, Satan and God. The war is in here. The war is in here. The war is about you. The war is about your relationship with God. He's more interested than in you, Luke, in his relationship with you than, in, than, than the affairs of the world right now. See, he is a personal God. He is, as I said last week, intentionally relational. He looks at Ellie. He's, he's looking at Ellie. And you think that he's looking at Israel and he's all worried. No, he's got all that. He knows exactly what's going on. He's God. You know, the God that, that created the whole universe, the big, big God. I used to sing a song. God, you are so big that you fill the universe, yet you're small enough to fit in me. How does that work? How does the God that created the whole universe have time to be bothered with an upgrade in me? Who am I, after all, in the scheme of things? Each one of his children is so precious to him. Each part of your life, that plan of your life, is so individual and so unique. And he is working it out as if you were the only person on earth. As if you were the only one. Do you know that we, in our heart of hearts, what we have, we hold the answer to the, the dilemma of every human being on the face of the earth. You have the keys. You have the answer. It's in you. It's not going to come by some great president or, you know, some mighty man's going to write. It's you. You can change your world around you by allowing God to change you in the midst of the change. I was in, um, I was in worship yesterday and I was just sitting on the lounge. I had this song playing and it was called um, I Bow Before You or something like that. Here I Am, I Bow Down. It's off the new album. You know what it's called? Off that new Jen and Brian album, Here I Am, I Bow Down, something like that. Anyway. And it says, Where would I go but to the hand of mercy? Where can I run but to the arms of grace? Something like that. And then it says, And I, I, I bow down before you. And, I, and I, as soon as those words came, I was sitting in my seat in my lounge room trying to get this message together, saying, Holy Spirit, what do you want to say? What do you want to say, Holy Spirit? What do you want to say? And, and I was singing the words, I fall to my knees, I bow down before you, I lift you up, Jesus. And I thought, I'm not doing it. I'm just saying it. And I thought, if he was really in this room and I was really worshipping him and I was really saying I bow down, would I really be sitting in this chair? And I just pushed the coffee table aside in my lounge room and fell down on my knees and just began to weep and weep and weep and and ask his forgiveness for the many times I've sung the songs, I've done the stuff, but I haven't actually recognized that he's standing right in the room wanting to be with me. And I'm giving him all these words and all these praise, but there's no connection. There's no connection because I haven't actually connected with him. And there he is with tears in his eyes, longing to give me something, longing to give me perhaps the upgrade that I need. 
and yet I do all the stuff and think that it's going to get me brownie points, but actually I haven't actually connected. What image of God, what image of himself has God begun to sow into your heart? Mm. He's sowing a portion of the image into your heart right now. Think about it. Start to meditate on it. Start to write it down. Start to let God do it. Start to agree with heaven about it. Agree with heaven about it. Because until you get that revelation of the part of God's nature, character, person that he's trying to reveal to you, you can't get your upgrade. You'll be stuck. You've hit ceiling. You're stuck where you are. You know, it was a funny thing I read the other day. I hope I get it right. It was Reinhard Bonnke on Facebook. And he said this. He said, you know, people keep saying, God, why are you using me? God, why do you use some people and not others? And he said, you know, if I was going to make a cup of tea and I put the tea bag in and there was a hot kettle and a cold kettle there for me to pour, I would definitely go use the hot kettle to make my cup of tea. And he said, people cry out, God, why aren't you using me? Why aren't you using me? And God turns back and says, why don't you make yourself usable? God's attracted to the heat of your love for him. And he wants to make something with you. He wants to create something with you. And he wants to use you. He wants to sow something into your heart. What, which facets of his nature have you come to know that could revolutionize someone if they just knew what you'd learned? Oh, wow. What do you know? What have you learned about his nature so far? that you've never shared with anybody. And yet inside of you, it could revolutionize someone's world. I went to have breakfast with Mary on Friday morning, and I thought, oh, I'll walk down to the coffee shop. It's not that far, but it's a long walk for someone that never walks, because I've got to try and get fit. And I walked down there, had coffee with Mary, talked about God, talked about kids' church, and rah, 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 it was great, prophesied over, prayed over her did the work of the Lord for a Friday morning. As I was walking back, just in my own head, in my own space, just thinking things through, I saw this girl come out of one plaza and start running down the road, screaming, screaming, running so fast. She was about 18 years of age. She didn't look real rough. She's just out of control, screaming and running so fast, like she was, she was terrified. And then she went, ran down the road and they just collapsed against this brick wall and went into a fetal position and started screaming at the top of the voice, ah, 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 like this, something like Whoa. And then this guy came running out of Wine Plaza down after her. I thought, if he, if, he's touched, if he touches her, I'm there. You know, like, I'm there. I'm right there. I'm going to, you lay one finger on that girl. You get near her. I'm, gonna, I'm there. And I'm standing on the other side of the road positioned, you know, ready to run across the road. And then he went and he hugged her. And he was obviously, and she was saying, I'm going to effing kill her. I'm going. So she'd obviously had some sort of run-in with someone. And, and she was obviously on some kind of medication. And, um, and he was holding her. And I thought, oh, okay, it's all cool. And I walked off. And all the way home, my heart is broken. Because I said, God, I've got something inside of me that I know that girl needed. And I couldn't walk across the street 
because, oh, what if she freaks out? What if he freaks out? What if they punch me? What if I get myself in? You know, you go through all that stuff. And then I saw this vision of what could have been if I had been obedient. And in the vision, I saw the girl there and I saw myself walk up to the guy and go, I got this. And I saw myself get down on that concrete and sit with that girl and wrap my arms around her and just hold her and not say a word. And I saw peace just flood over her and I saw I saw the presence of God come over her and the whole demonic realm just dissolve as she found peace in arms. And he said, that girl needs a mother and you walk straight past. Do I need an upgrade? I need an upgrade. I need an upgrade. Why didn't I hear him? Why didn't I face my fears? Why didn't I run across that road? I've got to live with that. What truth do you hold that could annihilate the lies that hold another bound? I had heaps of truth to give that girl. I, I could cast those demons out. I could pray peace over it. I know I could because they've been cast out of me. I've lived in a place like she was, in torment and terror. Life in God is a journey. It's a forever unfolding mystery. He's continually revealing himself to us. And in the process, we see ourselves in the mirror of his image. Every circumstance in our lives could bring a change in our knowledge of him and his knowledge of us. In turn, this would give us insight into how God longs to work through us to the world around us. This is called an upgrade. In this day and age, we continually upgrade everything. I talked about that. I want to go here. What kind of upgrade is God wanting to make in your life right now? And to look at this, I thought, let's look at the life of Moses because I think Moses' relationship with the Lord is a really, really strong example of how a person's view of the Lord can be upgraded during specific seasons of their life. Yeah? So in Exodus 3, we see Moses, he's in the wilderness. He has been the prince of Egypt. He's been in Egypt. He's had his glory. He's been in great days. He's had money. He's had fame. He's had servants. He's had everything that he has ever wanted. But way back, way back when he was born, there was a calling on his life. There was an assignment from God, and the enemy tried to destroy him. How many of you has God tried to destroy you as infants, even in your mother's womb, even along the way? God tried to destroy us in our infancy, so the, I mean, not God, the enemy tries to destroy us. Sometimes it feels like God's trying to destroy us too, but he doesn't. The enemy tries to destroy you in your infancy so you will never fulfill the call of God that's on your life. But how many of you know that he got an upgrade? His mother puts him in a basket. Instead of being killed, he gets adopted into the Pharaoh's house and he gets raised within and learns the ways of the Pharaoh. He is there. Why is he there? Why is there? What's God's plan for him there? God's plan for him there is he would understand how the Pharaoh thinks. He would understand how the son of the Pharaoh thinks. He didn't know that. He didn't know that he was staking out, you know, a future journey. He didn't know that he was learning the ways of the Pharaoh and the way things were because one day he would come as a deliverer. He had no idea about that. But something happens to him. He hits a ceiling. 
hits a place where he goes, this is not right. He sees a slave being whipped, an Israel slave, an Israeli slave being whipped. And he goes, this isn't right. And he goes and he kills the one that's whipping the Israeli slave. And of course, where did that come from? That's not me. That's not me to defend a slave. That, where did that come from? Who am I? He needed an upgrade. And so to start his upgrade, God has to reveal part of his nature. And so God, where does God take him? To the wilderness, to a place where he's got no fancy things around him. Suddenly, I had a lot of money, but suddenly I'm broke. I was really well, but now I'm sick. Things are going wrong in my life. You know, what's going on? God may be preparing you for an upgrade. And in the wilderness, he's tending sheep. And guess what? They're not even his sheep. They're his father-in-law's sheep. He doesn't even own his own sheep. He's come out of Pharaoh's house. He's got nothing. He's poor. He's impoverished. He's nothing. He's just a stuttering murderer in a wilderness place with nothing to his name. And what does God do in Exodus 3, 14? God speaks to him in a burning bush about his purpose, but first and foremost, God reveals an aspect of his nature to prepare him for what he's about to do. And we see in Exodus 3, 14, God says to him, I am who I am. I am who I am. In other words, Moses, I got this. Depend on me. Trust in me. I've got this. This completely shifts Moses' view of God. And Moses changes from a stuttering murderer to Israel's deliverer. But an upgrade in his relationship with God came first. Amen? Number two, he fulfilled the call and brought Israel out of Egypt. And then Moses' friendship with God was again upgrade and his calling increased. Look at Exodus 33, 7 to 11. Now Moses used to take a tent and pitch it outside the camp some distance away, calling it what? The tent of meeting. How many of us need a tent of meeting in our lives to get an upgrade? How many of us need to form a tent where we go meet with God to get our relationship stronger with God so that we can move into our upgrade? How many of us know that we've hit a ceiling and we know we can't go any further until we get a revelation of our relationship with God to get the upgrade? So he builds, he, he sets up a tent of meeting away from everybody else away from your iPhone, away from the television, away from your friends, away from the television, away from, I'm saying television twice because it's probably every night, away from the stuff. And he has this tent of meeting. And anyone inquiring of the Lord will go to the tent of meeting outside the camp. Go on. And wherever Moses went out to the tent, all the people rose and stood at the entrances to the tent, watching Moses until he entered the tent. As Moses went into the tent, the pillar of cloud would come down and stay at their entrance while the Lord spoke with Moses. Before you lead anyone else anywhere, you've got to go there yourself. The people stood and they watched him go in and they watched him come out. They watched him go in and they watched him come out. They watched him. 
If you want to lead anybody else, you've got to get your own upgrade. You've got to get your own tent of meeting. You've got to get that time with God. As Moses said, yes, whenever the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the entrance to the tent, they all stood and worshipped each at the entrance to their tent. Listen to me. You can have a cloud of God, of glory over you, which causes other people to worship. Lisa had it on her this morning, by the way. This whole team had it on them. This whole team had it on them. They had a pillar, a cloud over them. So they don't have to say to you, come on, worship God. Come on, church, worship God. They don't have to tell you that because they already had their own cloud. And when you saw the cloud, you entered in as well and began to worship God. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face. Oh, this is it. The Lord would speak to Moses face. You mean he doesn't speak to him through a burning bush now? You mean that it's changed? There's been an upgrade in this relationship? It's gone from a burning bush. Now he speaks to him face to face? As one speaks to a friend. Now it isn't, I am God. I am who I am. Now it's, God, you're speaking face to face to me as one speaks to a friend. There's been an upgrade in his relationship. Then Moses will return to the camp by his young aide, but his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave the tent. There's a generational blessing on us. We need to go somewhere so that others can see. And they hang outside that tent and they want what's on our lives because our relationship with God is being continuously upgraded. Others will come around. So in Exodus 7 to 11, what we just read, 33, 7 to 11, we see his relationship in God grow more intimate and his call changes from deliverer. Now, it wasn't about taking people out. It was about bringing people in. He's gone from being a deliverer to taking people in to the promised land. His calling changed. First, the relationship upgrade, the tent of meeting, the intimacy. Now God's face to face. Now he's not a deliverer. Now he's been upgraded. He's going to take people into the promised land. And he's been upgraded again. If there was anyone who would be content to stay where Moses was at that time, it would be Moses. And we'd probably all go, good on you, Mo. You've done a great job. Stay in that tent of meeting because you've got the glory happening there. Don't move. Don't move from that place and, um, you know, send Joshy off. He'll go. But you stay there. If there was anyone who'd paid a price to stay somewhere, it's Moses. But there was something inside of him that said, wait, there's more. There's more. He was not content. The burning bush and the tent of meeting is no longer enough. In preparation for the stress and pressure of the next big thing. Listen, I'm going to say that again. In preparation for the stress and pressure of the next big thing, Moses had to have his relationship with the Lord upgraded, and Moses wanted that upgrade badly. He, who knows that you know it when you need an upgrade? You know it. You know it in the deep part of your heart. There was a yearning inside of him. There was a hunger. There was a, a desire growing. I want more of God. I'm not satisfied. I need more of God. I've got to go. I need an upgrade in my relationship with God. 
before. He didn't know what he was going to face. He didn't know he was going to have, you know, all these people whinging at him and trying to work out how to get him into the promised land and fighting giants. He didn't know that was going to happen. He just wanted an upgrade in his relationship with God. And God wanted him to have that because he knew what he was about to face. So they were working in tandem together. God took Moses and put a particular desire within him. There are seasons in your life, there are times in your life where God will put a desire inside of you because he wants you to make the choice. God doesn't want to come in a burning bush any longer and go, Moses, you will go and deliver my people. He doesn't want to be that relationship now. He's not that anymore. He came in the tent of meeting. He spoke with him face to face like a friend. Now he wants Moses as a friend to ask the question. He wants Moses to come to him out of love and out of friendship that Moses might want more of God than what he already had. (laughs) Yeah. God took Moses and put a particular desire within him, a longing for the one thing that God wanted to give him. He put a longing inside of him that he already wanted to give him but he wanted him to desire it first. Do you know that God has revelations of himself that he longs to give you? He's he's longing. Like that day. Was that yesterday? Yesterday in my house. I'm preparing my message. I've got work to do. I haven't got time for you, Jesus. Yet he's standing in my lounge room and I don't recognize it. He was here and I didn't know it because I was so busy doing his work. But he wanted relationship. And out of the relationship, it flows. I can imagine it that in heaven there was a conversation over Moses' life between the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Do you know right now there's conversations in heaven about you? I can hear it, Ellie. I can hear the conversations. There's conversations about you right now in your life. Katie, you know, there's conversations about you right now. And the Trinity, I imagine the Trinity saying, look at Moses, isn't he so great? But he's in a new place in his life. What is it I want to do for him? God would say, what is it I want to do for him? And God would say, I want to show him who I really am. I want to upgrade his picture of me. I want to upgrade his picture of me. What I'll do, God says, is I'll get him to ask me a question so he can get a picture of me that will sustain him through everything he's going to have to go through. I want to show him my glory. I want to show him my supremacy. I want to show him my sovereignty. Well, I wouldn't mind one of those upgrades myself. And that day... Moses asked the question that God had already put in his heart. God, please show me your glory. Those five words were exactly what God was wanting to hear. To which God said, that's a great idea, Moses. Let's do it. Exodus 33, 19 to 23. Let's read the rest of the account. And the Lord said, I will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you. 
What is the glory of God? It's the goodness of God. It's the sovereignty. It's the supremacy of God. I will will cause all my goodness to pass in front of you and I will proclaim my name, the Lord, in your presence. I will have mercy on whom I will have mercy and I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. But he said, you cannot see my face for no one may see me and live. Then the Lord said, there is a place near me where you may stand on a rock. And when my glory passes by, I will put you in a cleft in the rock and cover you with my hand until I have passed by. Then I will remove my hand and you will see my back, but my face must not be seen. God knew that if he showed Moses his full glory, Moses would be incinerated. He knew that. Same as us. You know, we think we ask for things. We don't even understand what we're asking for. But in his mercy, God hid him in the cleft of a rock and showed him his back. God arranged the whole scenario to put Moses exactly where he wanted him to be. All because God hungered to show Moses something that he'd never seen before. And then God walked past him. As he walked past him and revealed the most amazing facet of himself, he then speaks the truth about himself in Exodus 34, 6. This is the truth that he revealed to him. And he passed in front of Moses proclaiming, The Lord, the Lord, the compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands and forgiving wickedness, rebellion and sin. What he revealed to Moses was this. Even though there's curses that go through generations, when we have this kind of relationship, you can release a blessing to a thousand of your generations. What he was saying to Moses, if you get this upgrade, where you see me in my glory and my supremacy, if you you see me as the all-sufficient one, if you see me as the one who sees the generations, If you knew my heart, you would know it's not just you I'm looking at. It's not just your upgrade that I'm interested in, but I'm interested in the upgrade of your children, your children's children, and your children's children's children. I'm interested in the upgrade of a thousand generations of blessing after you. See, it's not just about us. It's about his plan that continues on as we submit to God as we get the upgrade in relationship and then the upgrade in calling, we move closer and closer into the place where we understand the big picture. Oh, Jesus is so wonderful. So when Gemma sat and talked to me yesterday, and said, Mom, all the stuff you went through, I said, Gem, all the stuff I've gone through, I thank God for it. I thank God. Because if I didn't go through that stuff, I wouldn't have known how to fight for you. If I didn't go through that stuff, I never would have gotten an upgrade in God. If I didn't go through that stuff, I never would have learned how to fight for myself, how to break curses, how to stand in the anointing, how to say, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. No matter what's coming to me from whatever place, I will stand and I will serve God in the strength of the Lord God Almighty because I got a revelation of the sovereignty of God that he is sovereign over my life and he's not just sovereign over my life, he's sovereign over my generations. 
And I decide to stand there in the midst of my journey and not just fight for me, but fight for you, fight for my kids, fight for the kingdom of God. And every stage where the enemy comes to me and says, don't you reckon you should just stay here? You've got a nice tent of meeting. You've got a nice glory cloud going on. You've reached a nice place in God. I just say, I'm about to have an upgrade. I'm about to have an upgrade. I don't know about you, but I'm hungry and passionate to know what God has for me in this season of my life. We hope you enjoyed listening to this message. For more information on what you've just heard or how to visit us, go to c3talgra.org.au. We hope to see you at church soon. Selfless faith to live like Christ for all.